Welcome to 2021. So many have been waiting for this moment to be rid of 2020. But what does this year have in store for us? Will we get back to normal? Or will more fears fall upon us? May I suggest to you the great Old Testament text from Deuteronomy 6? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. It's impossible, though, to do that. Apart from knowing Jesus Christ, and having his love in you as you start this new year. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this first day of a brand new year, we're wrapping up one of our most significant series of 2020 called In the Footsteps of Paul. All week, we've been walking in those footsteps. How did he grow up? Where did he live? What was life really like for him? He was a Pharisee a scholar of the Bible, fluent in Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, and some scholars think by the end of his life he was learning languages of the far-off cultures he was going to evangelize. But before he met Jesus Christ, he wasn't using his genius as well as his ambition for God's glory. He was using his gifts to oppose the Lord at every turn. Yesterday, we saw how he stood by and approved of the stoning of a young Christian, Stephen. But today, we're going to see how Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and changed his life forever. Following in the footsteps of Paul this week, we've been hearing excerpts from a documentary by the same name. It was led by actor David Suchet, who he himself, a Jewish man, met a Jewish man named Jesus and saw his life changed forever at the age of 40. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. But if there ever was an historical character I've longed to play, it is Paul. So for me, this is a very personal quest. I could look like that. What do you think? A little bit. A little bit. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. In the Footsteps of Paul, a two-part documentary that originally aired on the BBC and that we've exclusively obtained for you this week on Haven Today. As you watch... It'll feel like you're literally on tour with David Suchet as he travels from Jerusalem through modern Syria and Turkey and even into Europe. It's like a vacation on a DVD, but more importantly, I know it'll greatly bless you as you watch. After the program, I want to invite you to call us and make as generous gift as you can for this two-part DVD. Our number to call is 800 654 2836 800 or come to our website haventoday.org haventoday.org 
for in the footsteps of Paul. And now, let's just stand amazed as we open this haven today. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned
The Norton Hall Band opening Haven today with I Stand Amazed. My name is Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me for a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. We continue now to look at the man named Saul who became Paul. I want us first to hear an excerpt from this documentary where David Suchet explores the city of Tarsus, where Saul, who became Paul, was born. How had it shaped him as a boy? And what had he learned here that would help him on his new mission to win converts to Jesus? At one of the city's few remaining Roman sites, I met archaeologist Sarah Duragonal. This is the only known archaeological remain we have from the time period Paulus has, have, has lived here in this city. This is a Roman road? This is a Roman road. It is dated to the 1st century BC or AD. We are not yet sure. But there is a very similar example for this road in Pompeii, uh-huh. uh, which is dated to the 1st century BC. Would Paul have actually walked along this road, do you think? We, we think so. We can imagine that he walked through because it's just the time period he has lived here. So he must have walked here. Was this a busy, busy city? Yes, it was a very important city because it was a philosophical city. Many philosophers passed by from this city. Did they? And we know that there was a school for philosophy in this town. So alone this shows that it was an important city. And is that possibly why Paul would have said, I'm a citizen of no ordinary city? Yes, <laughs> that uh, can be a good explanation for this sentence. So he was very proud of this yes. city. And he's mm-hmm. also very proud of his dual, if you like, mm-hmm. dual citizenship and nationality. He says, I'm a yeah. Jew yes. and I'm a Roman. Yes, mm-hmm. both characters. And he knows perfect Greek. He is educated in that language. Uh, he has the Roman citizenship and uh, he's a Jew. Paul's early life had been very different from that of Jesus and the disciples. Paul had grown up in a city, was well-educated and held dual citizenship. We're also told he was able to earn his living as a tent maker, the type of man who in Tarsus was perhaps able to start bridging the gap between the Jewish and non-Jewish worlds. I'm sure Paul must have had some success in Tarsus because he was then called to the huge cosmopolitan city of Antioch to help build a new community of believers. Wow, what a breathtaking view of the city. All week, we've been walking in the footsteps of Paul, and that was David Suchet exploring the ruins in Tarsus today, where Paul was from, from Tarsus to Jerusalem. We know Paul grew in his knowledge of the law, became a Pharisee, fluent in Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew, But before he met Jesus, he wasn't using any of this for God's glory. He was using it to oppose his Lord. Yesterday, we recalled how he oversaw and approved of the stoning of Stephen and then immediately launched an all-out assault on the young church. He was on his way to Damascus to round up Christians wherever he could find them, to put them in prison, to beat them, and even to see them killed. Paul obviously was not an apostle when he first encountered Jesus. He was a persecutor of Christians. You could even call him a violent man. He was overcome with guilt about his own sin. He was trying hard to please the Lord through his obedience. He was so zealous to defend what he thought was right that he was willing to kill those who opposed him. But on his way to kill Christians, the Lord Jesus completely changed his life. Saul became Paul. 
Let's listen to the story in Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. The British actor turned Christian David Suchet reading to us from Acts chapter 9. And a special thanks to BibleGateway.com for allowing us to use his reading of the NIV UK edition. So many things about this story tell us how people come to the Lord. But before we get there, don't you think it's incredible that Paul retells this story so many times in Scripture? It's not just the times he retells this story in the book of Acts. He tells his testimony in Timothy, Galatians, Philippians. His testimony was important. And you know what? Yours is too. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you have cast yourself upon him for the forgiveness of your sins and trusted in him for salvation, then your testimony matters. How you came to the Lord is important. And there isn't a Christian in the world who doesn't have a testimony. I've heard too many people that have been Christians since their early days say that their testimony isn't very good because they didn't have a dramatic conversion like baby Saul, who became Paul. They just grew up in church, reading their Bibles. They don't remember a day that they didn't know the Lord. They feel shame that they don't have a radical story to tell because they think no one will be convinced. Well, let me remind you that the Apostle Paul described conversion as resurrection. You don't believe in the Lord unless he raised you from the dead. You, too, have been raised to new life. And that's radical. If you've been a Christian since your early years, you can praise the Lord that he's been faithfully keeping you all these years. Knowing the Lord means you've been brought out of the darkness into light. And that's just what happened to the Apostle Paul. He thought he saw clearly, but he was really blind, blindly persecuting the church until the Lord broke in. And Paul's story tells us how any of us actually get saved. First, he was saved on the way. All of us were saved on the way. As we were walking in our disobedience, walking in our sin, on our way away from the Lord. And then the Lord broke in. We heard the gospel. Our eyes were opened. We were stopped in our tracks. And that's what happened to Saul, who became Paul. And that's what happens to us. I can still remember hearing the gospel and finally hearing the Lord's voice calling me home. But we don't just hear the gospel of grace. Saul also had to hear bad news before he became Paul. 
Jesus came to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That was the bad news. The good news can't be good news unless we hear bad news. The bad news is that in our sin, we oppose the Lord. Saul was trying to harm Christians, but Jesus made it clear that harming his people was harming him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I think Jesus is saying this to some of us listening today, to those of us listening who scoff at this message of the gospel. Christianity might be helpful to teach us how to live, but I don't really think I'm a sinner in need of his grace. Jesus would say, why are you fighting me? Unless we've cast ourselves on Christ, we're still blind. We're still fighting the Lord, harming him as we harm his people. But Jesus didn't leave this Saul, who became Paul, with only bad news. He told him to get up and go. Saul was blind. He needed help. The Lord had completely humbled him. There's one line in the story of Paul's conversion that always sticks out to me at this point. He called Jesus Lord. Lord, who are you? He was violently persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. But when the Lord of truth spoke, he finally recognized him. Jesus had broken through, and it changed Paul forever. Don't we have this experience today? In our times of darkness, times when we're struggling in our faith or indulging in our sin, and the Lord breaks through, and we hear his voice. We feel and hear his sadness because the Spirit is in us, and we can't help but return to his loving arms, to return to our risen Lord, to call him Lord, to follow him, Saul's story is our story, because it's the story of the Lord's amazing grace to save sinners. But it wasn't easy for Saul after he became Paul. After he came to know Jesus, his life got worse, but he wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. Amazing grace, how sweet the that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was But now I see Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like Grace that taught 
Darlene Check from her Amazing Grace album, and of course, Amazing Grace, here on a New Year's Day in Haven today, as we wrap up our most significant series of 2020, called In the Footsteps of Paul. And as we begin 2021 together, I'd like to take a moment and pray for all of us that we would see Jesus more in this new year. Oh, immortal Lord God, who inhabits eternity and has brought us to the beginning of a new year. Pardon, we humbly ask of you, 
our sins in the past. Bless to us this new year of 2021 and graciously abide with us all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Times are not just changing. They have changed. But one thing doesn't change for the Christian, God's Word, and it is how He speaks to us even today in this new year. What a better time than this to follow the life of Paul and how his life showed steps that we could take living for Christ. And as we start this new year, we still have the two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul, hosted by British actor David Suchet. Why not today, as a new year begins? Originally made for the BBC, this stellar documentary will help you read your Bible with a new sense of realism on what it means for you. We can't go to all the places Paul visited in planting the young church of Jesus Christ, but this is almost as good as traveling there yourself. Call us for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul. Make your gift to help us keep sharing Jesus in this new year. Here's the number, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story in 2021 here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Well, it's that time of year again. Time to put away the baked goodies. Time to bring in the healthy food. It's a new year. And with that comes a renewed desire to diet. Yep, I said it. Nobody likes hearing it. Nobody likes doing it. But for some reason, after gorging in holiday goodness, most of us feel a need to shed a few pounds. But can I redirect our thoughts away from physical fitness to something far better? Listen to Psalm 18, verse 1. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Now, there's nothing wrong with diet and exercise, building up strong muscles, a strong body, but there's nothing more important than building your strength in Christ. And Anchor Devotional can help encourage you in your daily walk with Him. Try it out today at GetAnchor.com.